The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is March 3rd, 2015. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. I'm your host, Gary Ray. Joining me today as co-host, we have Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, and also past Department Commander for the DAV for the State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? Good morning to you and hoping that you're doing well. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about what's going on down here. (laughs) Just just a couple of things before we get to our guest. Bill, what do you think of that new uh, opening? Well, let's say it's appropriate for the occasion. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, This was an original piece by Brad Zier. Once again, Brad, we want to thank you uh, for the intro music. If you're interested in learning more about Brad, go to Brad Zare, and that's spelled S-A-Y-R-E dot com. Also check out some of his videos. Just a quick hello to Kevin and Jesse. They run the Red Roof Cafe that hosts the American Heroes Breakfast Club every week. And if you're ever in the area, be sure to stop by. They have some great food. I hope last week everyone had a chance to check out warriorsforfreedom.org. They are a perfect model organization of what helping veterans and families all about. They provide support in the areas of outdoor activities, scholarships, and mental health awareness, specifically the post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury, and combat stress uh, reactions. By the way, the date for their one of their events called the Triple Treat event has changed due to weather. I'm not even going to talk about that either. Okay, <laughs> That changed to the 14th due to the weather. So again, if you want more information on, on that, just go to the uh, warriorsforfreedom.org website. Now, did you, Bill, did you want to hear a little bit about the new um, uh, VA that went up in Orlando here? Man, I'm anxious. I, I saw some write-ups on it, so uh, uh, give us the uh, 411 on that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the two words I use all the time is wow, and of course that happens, wow and uh, uh, phenomenal. Now, it's set up technology-wise. I mean, it's it's the, one of the highest technology you know that you can you can put into a unit. Um, they have a community center. They have a uh, um, a, a church. They have uh, dorms. Uh, but the hospital itself is set up really uniquely. Where uh, what happens with this is the 
just picture the the lights, for instance. They have these uh, hanging chandelier type things, and it's always the the lower side of it is always pointing towards the front of the building. So you'll always uh, be aware of what's going on and how to get to the front of the building. But it, it, there's so many things, uh, including uh, tunnels underneath. That if you're in the primary care section, you order uh, some prescriptions, uh, which the pharmacies on the other side. Uh, they actually have these auto cars that will go and deliver it to the primary care sections. The technology is unbelievable. So really astounding. Yeah, yeah. So let's get to our guest, Bill. Uh, you have the honor of introducing our special guest this morning. And an honor, it, indeed, it is, uh, Gary, to uh, introduce uh, Zachary Z. Kinney Senior, who is a retired uh, Air Force major. He served during the period of uh, May 1984 to May 2004, of which uh, that was in the uh, Judge African General's uh, Corps as a military lawyer. Uh, he was a base-level prosecutor and a special assistant United States attorney in charge of the magistrate's office at Dover Air Force Base, Delaware, and he taught law at the United States Special Investigations Academy at Andrews Air Force Base, Maryland. From September 1996 to 2000, Major Kinney served as an Air Force taught lawyer. He also served as an area defense counsel. He is a decorated veteran who has written several books, law reviews, newspaper articles on criminal law and procedure. He also served as the chair of the Criminal Defense Department at Everest College in Arlington, Virginia, following his retirement from the United States Air Force. Currently, Major Kenny is assisting veterans who have concerns about their discharge certificates. He has also been helping the District of Columbia Veterans Affairs Office to establish a Veterans Criminal Court. Major Kenny serves in the District of Columbia Defense Force as the Judge Advocate General and also at the rank of Colonel. Uh, Major Kenny is currently a contract instructor for the U.S. Department of State's International Law Enforcement Academy in Rosville, New Mexico, where he teaches transnational organized crime. Major Kenny, welcome to the American Heroes Network. Thank you very much, and good morning, and glad to be with you. You know, on our show today, we're going to be examining two very important veteran initiatives, the Veteran Treatment Courts and the Suicide Prevention Act that President Obama just signed into law. Is that right, sir? That is correct. All right. Well, why don't we get with the first one here? Why don't you tell us more about the Veteran Treatment Court? Okay. The Veterans Treatment Court was an idea that came out of the um, Buffalo, New York uh, Drug and Mental Health Court um, back in 2008. January 2008, uh, the presiding judge of that court, um, presiding judge Robert Russell, uh, felt that uh, veterans coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq that he was seeing in his drug court and in his mental health courts uh, were, for the most part, coming to him with service-connected injuries, uh, which led them down the 
the highway that they found themselves into in terms of getting in trouble with the law. So he established, uh, Judge uh, Russell established a, a veterans court um, to divert uh, defendants who had minor crimes and uh, nonviolent felonies, um, which could be traced back to either a drug problem or a mental health problem that was service-connected. Uh, Judge Russell believed that in order to uh, deal with the veteran and solve his problem or her problem, that they got from their service-related injuries, and the two was just noted, um, it was necessary to, uh, to create a special court um, to handle the veteran and, and to acknowledge um, the fact that they were getting in trouble and needed help because of the service to their nation. Major Kenny, I, 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 I understand uh, you're mentioning Judge Russell up in Buffalo. Uh, tell us how extensive is this uh, court uh, idea of veterans tra- uh, uh, court across the country since its inception. Uh, prior to 2008 and, and Judge Russell's initiative, there was zero veteran courts in the United States of America. Following um, the establishment of the court by Judge Russell, there are now, at this point, 197 um, veteran treatment court, and they're spread throughout 15 of, of the contiguous 50 states and they're spreading like wildfire. There's a projection that, um, and I think the VA did this projection, that probably within five years there'll be at least a 1,000 veteran treatments court throughout the United States. That's amazing to move uh, that far in that space of time. That's right. And it's necessary because um, if, if we don't build veteran treatments court, what happens to the veteran is when they get in trouble, a domestic dispute with a, with a family member or a spouse, or they get uh, in trouble with the law, um, they tend to end up getting treated just like the hardened criminals who are in, in trouble with the criminal justice system who did not serve their nation and did not have service-connected injuries. And throughout our history, we have always recognized from the inception of our republic that the warriors and the veterans who go and and fight for our country are entitled to certain um, treatment and they're they're entitled to certain um, benefits because of their service to our great nation. Wow. You know, so that that need is, uh, it's a very welcomed need, correct? Absolutely. Um, There are, um, I think there was a study done by the National Criminal Justice Division of the Department of Justice, which showed that somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 60% of of many of the uh, offenders throughout many of the uh, criminal courts throughout the United States following the Iraq and Afghan war turned out to be veterans who um, were getting in trouble because of their service-connected injuries. They either had a drug problem, which was service-connected, or they had some mental uh, health issues that got them in trouble and which led them into the criminal justice system. And as a result of the establishment of this Veterans Treatment Court, um, the numbers have fallen uh, drastically um, because veterans are being um, steered away from the criminal justice system and, and steered into this veteran court and they're being given the treatment that they need in order to make themselves rehabbed and, and useful members of society as they try to find their way following their service-connected injury. 
Well, Major Kenny, you know, uh, my comment about that, having great respect for these courts, is it is far better having our veterans in the uh, medical uh, help and assistance system as opposed to the criminal justice system. Absolutely. In fact, the U.S. Department of Justice recently uh, indicated that uh, an estimated 60% of the 140,000 veterans in both federal and state prisons in the United States were struggling with substance abuse disorders. Um, and approximately 25% of the 140,000 veterans in our U.S. prisons reported being under the influence of drugs at the time of their offense. And so a large number of these offense, offenders and offenses committed by the veteran can be traced directly back to combat trauma and other service-related or connected injuries um, yeah. or experiences. So uh -huh. it's obviously uh, very important because the Veteran Treatment Court, which is high got its name, is designed to treat these veterans rather than treat them like hardened criminals, which, which doesn't do justice to both the veteran or, or our country for that matter. Wow. Now, is this uh, just for the Iraq-Afghanistan veterans or all eras? It's for all era veterans. That's good. It just, it just came to the fore because um, the Afghan and the Iraq wars were being fought simultaneously, and they were generating a lot of attention and a lot of, of veterans who were finding themselves in trouble with the criminal justice system. But this has always been a problem, and any vet from any previous war uh, will be able to use this, this court because um, they would only have to prove that they are a veteran and that they got, and, and to be a veteran means that you served honorably um, in war uh, for our country and, and received an honorable discharge um, from the service. And then the crimes that they committed, not only must they be minor and non-violent um, non, uh, felonies, but they must um, be uh, service-connected. In other words, there must be a nexus between the crime that the veteran committed and his service-connected injuries. And those are the requirements. Uh-huh. Now, is there one in D.C. right now? No. Right now, D.C. is working to try to get one. Um, we've run into a little uh, roadblock. Um, D.C. has a situation where the chief judge of, of the highest court here feels that D.C. has enough drug and mental health courts uh, available to help out veterans um, with their unique problems, and therefore there is no need to develop a separate court. Additionally, the chief judge believes that veterans don't deserve special treatment when they commit crimes. They should be subjected to the criminal justice system just like anybody else who engages in a crime and breaks the law. That's that's uh, phenomenal that this is happening. It's about time, huh? Yes, no question about it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, you, I, you sent me a paper that uh, you wrote. Uh, I think it was eight, about eight pages long, but I mean, it did exp give a good explanation about the Veterans Court, and and hopefully uh, uh, very soon uh, when we either have you back on the show or um, you know there is a spot where they can pick up information like this, that would be we can always add that to or announce it on the air. Okay. Correct. Yes. Uh, more yeah. The more information we have, the better off it will be. No question about it. Um, information is critical. It's a, it can be a weapon uh, for good. 
And without it, it can also be a weapon for bad because if you don't know what to do, um, then you don't end up maybe getting help if you're a veteran that you need, and that help might be out there uh, just to help you out. That's right. Now, uh, you mentioned, I know you mentioned before how many there were out there. I mean, how many, how many more states this needs to happen in? It needs to happen in, it's, it's happened so far in 15, 15? so we need 35 okay. more states to pick it up, so we have them okay. in all 50 states. All right. And that's happening because it's spreading like wildfire. That's good. That's that's phenomenal. I mean, we like like I said, it's something that's needed. Um, uh, a lot of people are unaware of uh, you know the veteran treatment courts and and uh, if it's going to help, uh, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Now I'll tell you what we're going to go uh, have a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll be discussing this a little bit more. Uh, today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. Also, check out our local partners page to see local businesses that support our veteran communities. Just be sure to support them back. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill and our guest, Major Kenny. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel. And we'll be right back. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Major Kenny. And, uh, uh, Bill, you had a question about what's happening uh, on the trial basis uh, with Maryland. Uh, yes, Gary. You know, as much as uh, these uh, veterans treatment courts uh, serve a great p- purpose, uh, you know, on the other hand, moving from there to get them established is a, a high and tall reach to get this in action. Uh, 
uh, and especially in the in the local jurisdictions and in the states, and to get everybody to come together with this. And uh, as we've mentioned, Major Kenny is uh, doing his work in trying to move things along in the District of Columbia. In in Maryland, where we both live, uh, the General Assembly in last year uh, authorized on a trial basis uh, to establish a treatment court in Prince George's County, which Prince George's County is uh, the county with the most veterans in the state of Maryland, about 65,000 veterans here. So uh, uh, this uh, makes sense to start in a location where there's a lot of uh, uh, veterans here, a lot of issues that are going on, but it's still an uphill uh, battle to get this, you know, in the other 23 jurisdictions, that's the counties and Baltimore City in the state. So I can appreciate what uh, Major Kenny is facing in the District of Columbia. Thank you very much. Uh, that That is definitely uh, uh, a point uh, well taken that um, it's, a, it's a tall order, but, uh, you know, um, the thousand-mile journey starts with but a single step. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it does. That's correct. <laughs> and now you've been you've been working with the VA up there for some time now, haven't you? Um, for a couple of years now. Because um, I got back here to to the DC area in 2004 after I, I retired from the the Air Force. I was stationed. My last assignment was um, uh, Maxwell Force Base down in in Montgomery, Alabama. And then I, I came back home, and around 2006, 2007, I started getting active with the DCDF and and the vet, the DC Vet Affairs Office. That's when I started get you know getting really active with them. Can't beat that. No, not at all. So as far as as far as the Veterans Court goes, uh, it's a it's a very much needed. Um, uh, program and uh, how long do you think it will take how much longer do you think it would take to get this thing effective in the DC area I, I suspect that it's going to take anywhere from two to three years for us to bring the court here to, to town and we'll get it wow, wow. we'll get it yeah. that's a while yeah but hey if it's going to do if it's going to make the difference that's what it's all about exactly what it's all about that's correct right so so, as far as the courts go, uh, is there anything that we're leaving out? I mean, is uh, is it it's going to keep it's going to keep these guys um, out of jail? Is that what it's going to do? Besides, yeah, it's know. like a diversion program. Let's say um, uh, Sergeant Jones um, served in Iraq and he uh -huh. um, developed a post-traumatic stress uh, disorder (PTSD) and. Um, he comes back uh, home. Let's say he's from D.C., Washington D.C., uh, and he gets uh, into trouble. He uh, he punches out his wife, you know, because he has a zero tolerance for um, disagreement because of a service-connected injury. He received an honorable discharge from from the U.S. Army, and he gets arrested and charged with criminal assault and battery on his his spouse, uh, and he's looking at. Um, anywhere from uh, six months to a year in jail um, for beating his wife up and breaking her up. Um, mm -hmm. The way the court would work is 
uh, if D.C. had a veterans treatment court, when they identified him as a veteran, they would send him to, they would deflect him to the veterans treatment court, which has a mentorship uh, or a mentor who will be assigned to uh, work with the vet to steer him through the veteran treatment center or veteran treatment court program. The the mentor would um, find out about the the background of of the GI, would look into the GI's record to see if it was service-connected and if he was a vet, uh, would look at the nature of the offense, and would steer him in the direction of of treatment at the veteran's uh, hospital. Um, But he would have to be a veteran with veteran's benefits to be able to access the veteran's hospital so he could get the treatment that he would need. Um, he may have a drug problem, uh, or it may be post-trauma, which is mental. But whatever the problem is, the mentor would uh, help figure that one out and then um, work with the GI on that. And also with getting him a job, um, getting him education um, and and a skill um, that the GI can use. So when he's finished with his treatment program and it lasts from six months to a year, um, at that point, if the GI did everything he was supposed to, and the vet com- cooperated with the program and completed it satisfactory, his his record will be wiped clean, and he gets a new lease on life. He gets a second chance. Gary, you, you know, the, 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 the treatment court concept is so important, so vital. Let me just create uh, a brief and a short model of a of a returning veteran who returns home with health issues, uh, uh, needing to get uh, uh, assistance uh, through the uh, uh, Department of Veterans Affairs, uh, also at the same time maybe trying to get employment, uh, maybe uh, proceeding with uh, a, a claim for his, uh, his or her service-connected disabilities, and uh, and to have an arrest or some legal issues, this can really turn that individual's world upside down. I mean, that one aspect in this model of having to deal with those legal issues and all of the other things that's going on. And let's say that that, that there's a family involved and uh, the potential fracturing resulting in that family situation, uh, a a treatment court is very much necessary. And, you know, I'm not going to disagree or argue with any judge uh, to say, uh, you know, against what they think about this. But this is important, and I think it requires a second and maybe a third look as to we want to save these individuals because we've got a tremendous investment in them from their training and all that we've put into them, and they can be productive citizens when they return home. Wow. It's good that they that they dig into it, though. I mean, that's that was the problem we're having today. They they can't tell the difference, and uh, to offer a, you know um, a, a treatment, um, that's all it's doing is helping. So we got to continue it. Now, is there anything is there anything that uh, li- our listeners could do push to help push this, or I mean, could they get involved with it, or? Well, what they could do is since. Um, the Veterans Treatment Court is a 
byproduct of cooperation between the VA, the local district attorney uh, or county attorney, state's mm-hmm. attorney's office, the public defender, uh, and the criminal court um, in the jurisdiction that that these veterans uh, live in. What the veterans can do is they can approach their representatives, um, state level and as well as uh, federal level, um, um, you know, to the U.S. Senate, the U.S. House of Representatives, the state houses, and 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 have them push to get a veterans treatment court in their jurisdiction. Uh, and it can happen because it's a, like I said, it's a combination of those agencies I just mentioned, and all of them have to work together to create the court. However, the the the, the again the major uphill uh, battle being the, the situation. As it is in the District of Columbia, you know, you've got a a non-voting uh, member of Congress, and uh, it, it's it's so uh, uh, difficult that this is a district as opposed to a state where all those kinds of things that you mentioned in dealing the constituents, the veterans dealing with their elected representatives it's it's extremely difficult there so it's it's a, it, overall it's an uphill battle but you know it just seems like it's an even higher climb there for the district of columbia that's that's correct it's going to be a much deeper climb wow well we're going to go ahead and take a break you know there are a lot of great things starting to happen at the american heroes network.com giveaways contests coupons are you thirsty yet And the best way to stay updated is to get on our list. On your phone, text the word HERO, that's the word HERO, H-E-R-O, to 80464. Again, that's text the word HERO, H-E-R-O, to 80464. That way you'll get on our list and get updated. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill and our guest, Major Kenny. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest. I'm Major Kenny. Uh, Major Kenny, now let's talk about the Veteran Suicide Prevention Act that President Obama signed last month. What's that all about? Basically, um, the United States has been seeing, especially starting with with the uh, World War One and and World War Two and and Korea, all the way up to Vietnam and the current wars, um, a high number of veterans committing suicide. And the numbers spiked up um, following the uh, Iraq and um, Afghan conflicts because what we're seeing was uh, service members were being held uh, and rotated back into the war zone more often than in previous conflicts than than is you know mentally healthy for uh, GIs uh, involved in those two wars. Um, my nephew, for example, served in in uh, Iraq twice, and then end up serving two times in Afghanistan, um, and and that's that was common for these two wars because we're fighting two wars simultaneously, and the war on terrorism has been a global conflict, and it's and it's really been tasking us because we've had to fight um, at a higher ops tempo, and so back in 2010, um, a veteran by the name of Clay Hunt from Texas, who was a Marine vet who had served in, um, in Afghanistan uh, and in Iraq, he came back home and he had some mental health, mental health issues. And he was trying to get the veterans' uh, organizations to pressure uh, their Congress people to um, pass a statute which would give special mental health treatment to vets, you know, suffering from you know, suicide ideations, which was a byproduct of their service-connected injuries in those two wars and, and wars prior to that. And it took, uh, um, it took basically a year for um, Hunt's efforts to reach the attention of the uh, policymakers. Um, and he couldn't deal with his problem, so he committed suicide in uh, 2011 at the age of 28. And his suicide and is getting active to try to protect veterans who had suicide ideations led a number of people, including a Texas uh, representative, Tim Waltz, to, pat, to uh, sponsor a bill um, to address this high number of suicides that veterans were committing. Um, Twenty-two veterans uh, killed themselves daily in this country. And that is just entirely too high. And this yes. law, which was passed by President Obama on 12 February 2015, uh, is designed to address that problem. And that became law instantly, correct? Yes. Uh, Congress, both um, Houses of Congress, the Senate and the House, bipartisan, unanimously approved the Clay Hunt um, you know, Veterans uh, uh, Suicide Prevention Act. Uh, and and that's kind of rare, given all the, the gridlock and and all the ideological battles that are going on on Capitol Hill right now. You know, this is interesting. This is this is much needed le- legislation. 
Yes. Uh, we we believe it's in the in 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 the right direction. But you know, in, in, in looking at a, a balanced situation here, we've got legislation that uh, uh, allows for certain things to happen now. And, and and the other key part to this is the medical assistance, and that is the situation and concern that gets really dicey as to how well we are prepared, starting with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs with this medical assistance to complement those individuals who have those kinds of concerns so we can see some eradication or changing uh, in this kind of behavior. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, the way the law works, the Clay Hunt uh, Veterans uh, Suicide Prevention Act, it works in the following uh, manner. First, it... um, creates a web page which veterans can go to to find out what mental health services are available uh, close to their home uh, and around the country. Um, believe it or not, no such unified web page existed until this act came into existence. Secondly, it, um, it, it has developed a recruitment program to recruit the best and the brightest mental health uh, professionals out, outside of the, of the VA to encourage them to come in to work for the VA so they can give that specialized treatment, the mental health treatment to the veterans who, who need that help to avoid them committing suicide. Um, and, it, and it offers bonuses um, to make those positions competitive with, with civilian positions so that the best and brightest mental health professionals out there would be willing to come into the VA to provide those services to the veterans. A third thing that it does is it it requires an outside evaluation by the mental health professionals on the outside dealing with suicide coming in and looking at our VA mental health programs to see if they're uh, measuring up the standards uh, and are doing the things that they're supposed to do to help the vets out to cut down this number of and this rate uh, of the suicides that these vets are committing. And the fourth and final thing that this act does is it basically um, allows the, the veterans um, an opportunity to see that that there's there's stuff out there for them and and that they're not alone and they can get help and that that help is is readily available and 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 there are many places they can plug into to get that help that they need. This is very uh, uh, interesting, uh, Major Kenny, because uh, you know you know personally and and uh, and and Gary has heard me say this on a number of occasions that the greatest void in our veteran community like many other communities but specifically the veterans community is a lack of information a void of information and something like this is so important uh, I, I think our, 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 the information piece has got to be there so this gets out into the community uh, for our veterans to understand about this and how to navigate that system because uh, uh, there's so much need. We're, we're saying 22 a day. You know, there's, there's, there's strong reason to believe that there, there are more than 22 suicides uh, a day being committed. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's just unreal. And uh, this was long overdue. And yes. this act applies to uh, all veterans, not just the ones who fought in Iraq and Afghanistan. Well, that's great to hear because in, in in my era where I had boots on the ground in Vietnam, I may have told this story before, 
but you, you know, in our inability to uh, uh, adjust and uh, reintegrate back uh, with home and community after leaving the the, the battlefield and, and combat, uh, where we lost um, 58,210 of our brave men and women, uh, uh, we resorted to the, all kinds of things such as uh, self-medication, drugs, uh, ending up homeless, which we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. and 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 that has carried itself to. A, a, a massive number of suicides where suicides among uh, uh, Vietnam veterans exceed those battlefield deaths that we had during the time. So, you know, it's still a problem there. And of the 22.7 million veterans, Vietnam veterans comprise about 62, 63% of those. That's right. I also want to point out, too, that um, this is, there's a, a symbiotic relationship between the Veterans Treatment Court, uh, in my opinion, and the, the suicide issue. Um, under the law, if a veteran or anyone, for that matter, tries to commit suicide and fails, that's a crime. And yeah. you can be prosecuted for that. And I could see how, without a Veterans Treatment Court, how a veteran who attempts or tries to commit suicide um, and fails ends up in the criminal court. And, and thrown into some um, intergalactic insane asylum or, you know, prison um, uh, mental health facility uh, and treated like some common core criminal out there and, and, and no thought being given to how they developed the, the problem that led them to want to commit suicide and to get the, t- the kind of treatment that's available to help treat the vet before he gets to the point where he wants to go off the cliff and, and commit suicide because a lot of these suicides, too, and not just suicide, some of them involve murder-suicide, where the veteran kills a spouse or a loved one or kills someone else and then kills himself. Yeah. So yeah. he's not only a danger to himself, but he's also a danger to the population at large. So we need to be able to address that. We can't just close our eyes and say, okay, you know, he served honorably and he's back in there and just turn him loose on the streets without any kind of help. And the Veterans Court will be a way to catch him if, if we don't catch him early before he gets to the point where he wants to kill himself or kill someone else. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, There's so many aspects to this, and and, you know, uh, it comes to mind, and and I'd like for you to comment on this. You know, uh, what about our women veterans who have served, uh, and and they're sort of the quiet uh, uh, part of this equation that we don't always hear from, and they've got concerns. I mean, you know, their medical concerns are certainly worth a a show in itself, but them fitting into this and not coming forward, uh, you know, uh, to to get this information or even the treatment, this this got to be a concern for them out there in the community also. Yeah, there is a concern because um, with the uh, Gulf War, um, the second Gulf War and the Afghan War, um, for the first time, our nation has allowed women to get involved in combat, you know, toting the M-16 and and, and, in the battlefield and flying helicopters in harm's way. Um, When in previous wars, because women have always been a part of the service, from time in memoriam, they were they were support officers or support troops. Um, they weren't actually, you know, on the line fighting uh, against the enemy on the other side. And as a result of women's um, involvement in the combat, now we're slowly but surely seeing the 
combat-related injuries increasing among females uh, as never before since they're now involved in combat. Um, and I think there's a move on the part of the Veterans Administration and the Department of Defense to uh, address the unique needs of the female warriors or veterans who develop these battle-related injuries um, because they're now showing up in, in increasing numbers because they're involved in, in combat and are, are experiencing what some of their male uh, compatriots are, were experiencing from their veteran service in, in, in the battlefield. All right. We're going to take a break. Be sure to check out our sponsor, First Class Merchant Services. If you own a business or are interested in saving money on your merchant account services, call Josh at First Class Merchant Services at 407-401-0772. That's 407-401-0772. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill and our guest, Major Kenny. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Major Kenny. And, sir, could you give us a, a review about the Veterans Treatment Court and the Suicide Prevention Act? Yeah, first of all, uh, in order to appreciate those two initiatives, which are, which are still underway because um, both are relatively new in the historical scheme of things for benefits to veterans uh, who have fought uh, in the wars of our country, um, I, am, uh, I am very optimistic that the veterans' uh, treatment courts will be a thing that will be commonplace in, in all 50 states in all jurisdictions. Uh, it's a movement that, as far as I can see, and, and from my historical uh, belief, 
started really back uh, during the time of the American Revolution. Um, you know, back in 1776, uh, the Continental Congress uh, uh, encouraged uh, uh, enlistments um, by offering treatment to wounded veterans who provided uh, service for the American Revolutionary War. Um, it, it's that belief and that, that strong um, connection to the veteran and wanting to to help the veteran out who served this country that I believe is going to lead ultimately to all of those courts coming into existence around the country. It's in 15 states right now, 197. It first started in 2008. It's, it's really caught fire when you think about it. I mean, 2008 wasn't a long time ago. And then and when we talk about policy and getting benefits to vets, it's been a long, drawn-out process starting way back in 1776. And most of the, vet, the, the veteran benefits that have been created since the first ones were given in 1776 came in the 20th century. Um, we had the veteran loans, veteran educational benefits. All that happened from 1900 to 1999. Um, and, and the veterans' hospitals, uh, the veteran, um, uh, you know, uh, educational grants and training programs, veterans' job assistance. Um, in fact, the Soldiers and Sellers Civil Relief Act came in the first in the 1900s, and then later in it was updated in the 1960s, um, and that that was something that was very revolutionary. It was a uh, an act that probably some of your listeners have heard about before when uh, a soldier's on active duty and a civil action is brought against them, either landlord-tenant matter or personal injury or breach of contract action, and the GI is serving his country overseas somewhere, not at home where this legal action took place. It, everything is frozen until the GI can get home, so his service won't be used against him. Um, in such a way that he's not able to defend himself and he's at a disadvantage for serving his country. So there, there are all these efforts, all these programs that our great country has, has designed to help the veteran out because there's an understanding here that the veteran's out trying to fight the wars of our country and that's an honorable thing and it's a necessary thing and they shouldn't be penalized for, for fighting for their country, especially honorably. Definitely. Definitely, sir. Is is um, that that's get, getting to the Obama Act again? Um, uh, I know that uh, uh, there's an 800 suicide hotline, um, and, but I've been I've been hearing that uh, the, the more effective ones are they planning on on improving these because the more effective ones that I'm hearing about is a peer to peer. Um, I don't know what the VA or, or other organizations have set up, if it's just uh, somebody connects, uh, or is it, do you know if it's a peer-to-peer -peer, um, uh, suicide line? Um, I know in certain um, locations it is. Um, they're not there completely all around the country, but they're moving in that direction. And this act is, is definitely going to help make that uh, a reality everywhere, as opposed to in in major urban settings or in just certain geographical locations. Um, additionally, uh, as I indicated earlier, the Act does set up a, a, a web page where the GI can go, or the veteran can go rather, and find out what's close to home and, and dial in directly to that location, something that didn't exist previously. And there may be a, um, a veteran uh, a health, uh, health center somewhere nearby or a mentor or a peer 
and there was no way the GI to find out unless he knew somebody that that actually uh, had had visited that place or had knowledge about it. So now the GI can go to the webpage, go to Google.com, and type in, um, you know, suicide prevention or suicide help or mental health, uh, veteran health, and it will pop up and it will give them the the closest location to their home. And that's that's one of the features of the the Suicide Prevention Act that that was just passed in the law by President Obama on the 12th of uh, February of this year. Wow. That's great. I mean, I'm glad to see things are happening, uh, finally. I mean, Bill, you and I, I bet it's been going on, going to hit 50 years now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> well, you, you guys provided the foundation for this to, to happen, and, and your activities in, in the community helped the vets out. Uh, all of that collectively has led to some of these initiatives coming online that we're seeing nowadays. Yes. And I want to thank you for your service and also for your continued service to the vets. First you served your country, and now you're serving the vets. And that's, yeah, that's and commendable it, and, and should, be, uh, should be recognized and praised. Yes, and I, you know, uh, I was kind of surprised to even hear that uh, there's more uh, Vietnam ver- uh, area, uh, era vets helping our vets today. And I Absolutely. was kind of surprised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really falling on the shoulders of your Vietnam veterans. I mean, <laughs> they are the the fathers and the grandfathers of of these movements and of the help the help programs that exist out there to help the veterans out. Mm-hmm. That's unreal. Well, we only have a couple minutes left, Major Kenny. It was a pleasure having you on our show today. Hopefully, you can come back in the near future and continue your dialogue on the, these both of these uh, important vet, veteran issues, sir. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing? First of all, I'd like to um, encourage the veterans, uh, if they have uh, a friend, a colleague, uh, a loved one who is a vet who's having these issues, um, to, uh, you know, adopt a buddy system and and think about some of these initiatives and and to plug those loved ones, those colleagues into um, the VA and some of these programs, which are out there to help them. One of the biggest problems, and, uh, and Colonel Forbes touched on this earlier, and he's absolutely right, you know, we have a situation where even in the information technology age where information is abundant, there's still a problem disseminating information out there to the veterans about what's available uh, to help them with some of these service-connected problems they have, which is preventing them from having a quality of life and in many cases putting them in harm's way, either with the criminal justice system or doing harm to themselves or their loved ones. So I want to encourage the veterans out there to think now about not only serving uh, your country, which you did wonderfully and you're honorably um, uh, rewarded with an honorable service discharge, but also start serving your vets, your buds. Um, they need your help. We're, we're part of a fraternity, and, and there are females in that fraternity too because the veterans are now women too, and they need our help also. Um, yes. Start pressuring your legislators. Start pressuring your state uh, uh, officials when they're talking about running for office or they want your vote. You know, let them know that in order to get your vote, they need to be concerned about the health and the welfare of the veterans and their families because we have some issues out there, and those issues are still uh, going, and they're not going to go away, and we need to be able to address those issues. That's great. That's great. Again, sir, it was a pleasure having you on the show. It was a pleasure being with you, and uh, I hope that this helped your veterans out, and uh, I want to wish you all a good morning. and. And good luck uh, in your future struggles. Okay. All right. Okay, Bill. 
Well, Major Kenny, uh, I, I know you've got a busy schedule. And, and first of all, thank you for your service to this country and your continued service uh, to uh, veterans in the uh, in the uphill task that you've got in uh, trying to get things squared away in the District of Columbia. But, you know, through a collaborative effort, and I, I'm, I'm hoping you and I can continue this going on since we're close by uh, to, uh, to, to grow this thing as well as possible. Uh, 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 together. So uh, it's a pleasure having you with us. We've only touched the, the, the surface of, of this uh, uh, subject or subjects, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again to uh, be in our presence and provide some more information. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. You, okay. If you missed any of our shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on AmericanHeroesNetwork.radio.com. And, yes, you can hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, the American Heroes Network Radio spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm your host, Gary Ray, signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America and a Variety Channel, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white.